podcast this podcast is about conversations that we have in the gym everything from training methods techniques massage and other odd topics that come up so be sure to subscribe leave a review i need think i need to come up with another way of saying that because i uh, i stumble on it every time but uh so today we got uh, we got tyree and george um and then myself james how you guys doing good uh, i'm doing pretty, pretty good <clears throat> Yeah, we've got the Arnold coming up in like two days. They've just released the final schedule, and uh, what what was how many people were in there, Tyree? You mentioned it. Uh, I think it was one thousand eight hundred and ninety-one. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had uh, we had like forty people at our local meet the other day, and uh, that was a lot, you know. So I, I just couldn't imagine organizing that i know they've been sending me emails to be like a referee and because uh, i think they're they're hurting for some referees because it's like six platforms because um, you need a lot of people to help out i think if you like referee four sessions they'll give you like one night in a hotel at um at nationals in vegas oh. um, which that's kind of interesting but uh yeah i don't know you know four sessions that's eight hours of work you know, but, uh, yeah. Uh, but then again, you know, Vegas, you know, who knows, uh, who knows how expensive that'll be. It depends. You, maybe you save your, uh, your one night of hotel room into gambling and maybe <laughs> you win, maybe you lose. Maybe it's on a, it's on USAW's, uh, USAW's tab. Um, yeah, I was going to say, just it. order a bunch of room service and put it on the room. <laughs> put it on the room. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I think you, uh, I think we, still probably had to like give the credit card your own credit card when you check in for incidentals um i don't know maybe not yeah like a rock that happened to us on um germany when we were getting ready to go to iraq we got stuck in germany and the airline was basically like hey we'll put you guys in a hotel because it's our fault the plane can't go and we're like all right cool and we were just ordering everything the most expensive bottles of whiskey (laughs) the biggest steaks Lobster tail, everything just put on the hotel. <laughs> hey, yeah. When you get a pass, you know what's like interesting? That, use it. Yeah, they probably like, especially like hotels. They probably uh, or uh, airlines. They they probably prepare for that because you just never know. You know, somebody could probably make the argument. It's like, oh, this is my standard of living. You know, this is your mistake. <laughs> How do you know I don't eat a lobster tail every night and drink? <laughs> bottle of whatever whiskey is popular over in Germany. I don't know. <laughs> um, but when it's a bunch of, uh, how old were you? Like 21, 21 year old, uh, yeah. uh army guys. And you're like, ah, this is not their standard of living. They're used to MREs. And, <laughs> um, I don't know how you got out of that one, <laughs> but, um, you know, you get the recovery lobster tail. Um, So today, uh, you know, we've been thinking about this a lot just because we are coming into the Arnold and we're going to be going and doing one aspect of coaching when we go to the Arnold, which is competition coaching, which is pretty fun. Um, and there's a lot of different aspects of coaching. You know, there's competition coaching um, and then there's like in the gym coaching and uh, they're both kind of 
each of them, there's like the technical side and then there's like the emotional side of coaching. Maybe emotional is not even the right word, but it's just like the mental side. Um, and I don't really want to break it down too much further than that, but um, it gets uh, it can get pretty complicated and it's uh, it's really kind of interesting to find that balance of where you need to de- develop as a coach, you know, a lot of times we mostly focus on like the tech technical stuff, you know, competition coaching. The first thing that you learn is, you know, like you learn how to count cards and, you know, it's pretty interesting and it's a, uh, it's fun and you kind of get sucked <clears> into <throat> those details, especially if you're like a, a, a task oriented type of person. But then again, you can't forget about the, you know, the, the mental side, whether your athlete needs to be like, you know, have a hype person or they want somebody that's a little bit more calm in the background. And you just got to learn your athlete and kind of find out, uh, you know, what uh, what you need to do as a coach to make your athlete perform the best. And uh, that's the same thing with like in-person coaching in the gym. You know, you got your technical stuff, which would be, you know, like sets and reps and exercise selection and all that stuff, which a lot of people get kind of sucked into. And it's pretty fun stuff. It's interesting. But then you got the other side where it's just like the... Uh, the encouragement or that, you know, developing the training atmosphere. And, you know, they're all, uh, they're all important factors. Um, even like how you give feedback, um, can, you know, make a huge difference for an athlete because each athlete is going to be different, you know, the way, what kind of feedback they're going to need. And as a coach, especially if you're managing a lot of athletes, it's kind of hard, you know, you got to spend some time with a coach f- to give the coach some opportunity to learn that athlete and see what they like. Um, so just for example, you know, um, the, the first thing that came to mind was Ben, um, a guy in our gym. Um, I tried to get, uh, get Ben pumped up to like go do a set or something. And I was kind of like loud and rambunctious and he was just like, ah, I don't like that. You know, he'd rather like have a joke told right before he went for a heavy set. Um, and then it's just like, okay, good to know. Cause then he just told me, he's just like, you know, Ben is also a, uh, also a coach. So he kind of knows himself a little bit better and he wasn't shy about speaking up. And, uh, and he just kind of said like, Oh, that's what I need. You know, the situations aren't always as easy as that to figure out, but in that case it was. Um, but, uh, I guess Tyree, you kind of came across a situation like that, uh, coaching out at, uh, at West Virginia, huh? Yeah. Um, they're definitely different, which is fun. Uh, this past weekend, I was actually talking to Wes and Amanda about this, just how it, it takes time, like you said, to know the athlete that you have and then how certain gyms would be completely different with different coaches. If you were to come here and Guy went to Howe, or if you went to one of the other gyms at Charlotte and they switched with you, how different would it be? Everybody can program squats, but like, how different would it be with the interaction that coach, that athletes have with their coach? and which athletes would do better with certain coaches. So we were really talking about that last weekend, which is always interesting. Um, you are going to have the, I don't want to say better athletes, but I guess the more experienced athletes that, like you said, with Ben, have an idea of what they already want and already need. Here, a lot of them are still just new. So you just sit back and watch and see who wants to be, how they want to be handled. It, it it takes a little more time because they haven't really had different coaches or they don't know different styles yet. So yeah, it's, it's I guess that's the hard thing about college age is that they're probably just developing their personality, their college personality. You know, they've been set free, you know. 
Yeah, I was going to say, it probably comes down to like the philosophy of the coach too because the philosophy from the coach could help mold the athlete. And then another good thing about being an athlete here is there's so many different coaches. You could honestly pick a coach that fits your style. Like you're not stuck to just one coach or one team. You can kind of find that team and coach and make it like a family in a way. So there's a lot of diverse opportunities. Yeah, because uh, on uh, on that point, um, look at, uh, at what Tyree just said. He was just like, oh, anybody could program squats. Uh, so you definitely see where his uh, his mentality is. He's like, all right, yeah, <laughs> you know, squats percentages, uh, blah, blah, blah. It's all about, you know, the, you know, the the other side of coaching, which is okay. I mean, there's, you know, that's uh, that is a large portion of it. And, uh, you know, you're going to have people that kind of, you know, or coaches that uh, kind of lean to one side or the other. And um, I I always think the strongest athlete at the gym isn't necessarily the best athlete. The most technical athlete oftentimes isn't the best athlete either, but you can always tweak that, how you interact with the athlete, the things that you say to the athlete, what you get them to focus on are normally more important than what they're squatting. So, I mean, it's again, for certain people that does make a huge difference. George squats way better than I do. And that makes a difference. That's why he clean jerks better than I do. He's just stronger than I am. Like, we get that. Uh, there's a guy here at speaking of West Virginia. Whenever one day I had, I think he programmed three by five back squat, like one, whatever percentage was ended up being 150 for me. And I moved him fine. And when I was done, that was the first time we had back squatted in a while. I finished those sets and thought to myself, oh, I'd, I'd probably hit 85. 185, 190 today. That'd probably be a heavy single today. And that same day, another guy here, Wes, had squats. I think he had triples at 150. And his moved so much faster than mine. But he's never had 175 on his back ever. So I asked him what he thought about for the next week, and I think he said 160 or something. And that's a perfect example of, yeah, he, the same leg strength, he's probably squatting better than me right now but he just needs to view it differently and be more confident with it and view that squat as meaning something more than it did for him. He's thinking, oh, I can do 160. I'm thinking I can do 190. Whether I'm right or wrong, that confidence when I go into a clean and jerk is probably a little different. I did end up squatting heavier that week, but I think if we could think about the mental aspect, it's more beneficial than what that squat set was for me or him. Yeah. I was going to say a lot of people get stuck on, the strength or the technical aspect, but the way that you mentally approach each lift, I would say is almost important, more important than both. Because if you're not mentally there, you're not going to make anything or nothing's going to feel right. You're not going to have the intent behind the lift, the purpose. Yeah, I can, I can see that. It's uh it's very easy to rationalize why something is not working. If you focus too much on the other side, like the percentage, you could like, so let's say that that's that one situation <clears throat> and you want to rationalize yourself out of going for a heavy attempt, um, which is exactly what you don't want to do. Somebody might be like, ah, oh, well, I'm just more like fast twitch dominant so I can move these weights, you know, faster or sorry, the other way around slow twitch dominant. So, you know, they could do more reps at a higher percentage. Um, and then they just start like, you know, putting labels on themselves. Um, when really, you know, if you're in college, you know, honestly, you're pretty much a beginner. Um, you don't, you don't really know where your, uh, your fiber makeup is going to be. <laughs> um, you know, I guess that's true to one extent, but, uh, you know, if you just don't, you know, go all the way in and just 
find out and see what happens when you load a, you know, load a heavy squad up and give it that honest effort. Um, and also being able to go heavy is almost like a learned skill in itself. You know, learning how to push through a squat when it feels heavy, you know, and just kind of going right through and be like, ah, you know, it feels heavy, but I'm still going to commit hundred percent to it. You know, that's a learned skill. Um, and you just, I mean, you just got to have that mentality of just kind of going right through it and to figure that out. Yeah. I was reading this blog is by, uh, Glenn Finlay. And, um, so I started going through his old blogs after you brought up how he would, um, have you guys do a lot of complexes and different variations and try to max them out just so you had a, a lot of different PRs across the board. And I really liked the idea that he had about it because he was saying that basically you train to get strong. So let's say that your best snatch is 100 kilos. That 102 kilo snatch or the 101 kilo snatch will feel the same as the 100 kilo snatch because you're strong enough. But if you haven't PR'd often or trained to PR often, it's mentally going to feel harder because it's unknown. So if you keep those PRs across all the complexes, all the weird variations and everything, you're basically training yourself mentally to PR often. And then PRs become routine was the gist of the blog. It was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I can, something that I say often, that's not quite the same is, you know, uh, winning is a, you know, it's, it's a habit, you know, you gotta, you know, winning, you get used to it and then you learn how to win and then you kind of go, go, go. And then, then you just have that mentality of winning. And it's almost the same thing as like always hitting PRs. And that was one of the good things about Glenn's uh, system is, you know, just like you mentioned, you you have opportunity to win a lot. And uh, and that's what I always say, you know, like a win is a win. You know, you're like, oh, you know, some people be like, oh, yeah, this was better. But, uh, you know, this it wasn't as good as last week on my speed. Well, you know, whatever, you know, you won because you used more weight. And then let's just say it's the other way around. And you say your speed was faster. But you're like, ah, but I didn't go up in weight. You know, don't have that mentality. Just be like, yeah, my speed was faster. Like, that's a win. Um, there's lots of different ways to win, lots of different ways to PR. You know, changing the exercises and it's, so it's a new exercise is a good way to win. Um, you know, so, yeah, that's one of the big things that I liked about Glenn's program. Um, and I think he got that from uh, Louis Simmons, you know, really, because that's, uh, that's what Louis does except uh, to a greater extent where they change the exercise pretty much every week, you know, their, their max effort. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, you're setting PRs all the time. I mean, I think it just, especially in weightlifting, since everything happens so fast, you really have to have that confidence to go under something. And if you hesitate for a half a second, you missed your chance. And if you hesitate because you thought it felt heavy or you hesitated because you were thinking, oh, I have never pulled this in my life. I don't know what this is going to feel like. You might have just missed your opportunity to make that lift. Whether it's a clean, a jerk, a snatch. And if people get more confident from PRing all the time, so they're not worried about trying something new, well, then when they try something old like a clean and jerk, all of a sudden they're going under the bar and didn't think about it. All right, so let's uh, let's bring that back around to coaching. Um how would you create the atmosphere for wins for your athletes? Ooh. It's kind of a broad question yeah. or how are you doing it? Um, cause if you guys are both are coaching people, you know, how are you providing opportunity? Um, so for example, for myself, um, 
we uh, we just got done with like a I call it like a pendulum style phase where you know it's a lot of that effort based and it's just different exercises and you're going uh, you're going heavy um, and you're learning you know of course you're going to get a PR on something when it's an odd exercise like snatch balance plus overhead squat one plus three or something you know it's just just an odd combination of things that you never really do before so you can get a PR in it. Um, and I feel like we, we just got done with about three months of that and, uh, everyone had some really good success. Um, everybody has been doing their, uh, their assistance work. So it's actually like, as far as like recovery and stuff, everybody's been doing pretty good. Um, so we're just going to keep on rolling with that because kind of everybody's on that roll. They're getting used to, you know, making improvements and, uh, you know, as a uh, from that technical side, we're just going to provide more opportunity in the program for people to just keep on with that that progress of uh, of making a win. Go so ahead, the uh, yeah, I was gonna say uh, here recently I've been using a lot of like five rep maxes and um, three rep maxes, and then um, shoots and ladders on the weekends, and it allows them to kind of compete with each other. Like, oh, I know so and so hit this for three rep max so and so hit this for five rep max and then on the shoots and ladders okay they had no misses so i can't i can't afford to miss or they ended up working up to this percentage so i have to at least hit this percentage and it's just allowed them to breed like a friendly competition amongst each other because most yeah. of my athletes are remote so it's a little bit harder to cultivate that atmosphere just because everyone's training a different gym but then we got a group chat put together so everyone can get in there and kind of share the lifts with each other and kind of go over how the program's going. And we also incorporate a couple of those little challenges you've seen like on Instagram or TikTok, like the broomstick challenge, just stuff like that. That's a little bit funnier. So it kind of brings a relaxed side to training too, to where they feel like it's not always just like, Hey, you got to fix this technically, or Hey, you need to get stronger here. Cause I also believe there's such thing as over feedback to where if you give too much technique and you don't give the athlete enough time to actually try to figure it out, it kind of just throws a wrench into the system and then they're focused on too many things at once instead of just giving them a cue, giving them a couple of days or maybe a week to try to play with the cue and figure it out from there. Yeah. I like that a lot. Cause I mean, even if you're not hitting PRs, if you're competing with your teammates, that is an opportunity for a PR, you know, that's not a, not a PR for a win. A win. So even, even if you're not ready for a PR, but you do like a head to head competition with somebody and you win, uh, or you have no misses and they have a miss, you know, that is still a win. So that's kind of a cool way to find a, uh, find a way to win, especially when you're in that, that valley of no PRs or like no progress, you know, that, uh, using the team to, uh, you know, to have like head to head competitions is your opportunity, you know, to get back into that winning mentality. So I like that one a lot. Um, and then of course, you know, the other thing you mentioned was, uh, you know, the broomstick thing, you know, that, uh, you know, I saw that, but I didn't even try it, but you know, just keeping, keeping things fun, you know, keeping it relaxed. I like that. I think that's another thing that people think about earlier when we were talking about how coaches interact with their athletes and what all they need, how do you fit with the team? There are definitely, because this, this is a big thing for us. Almost every night that we have something heavy, we'll jump in the group message and ask what percentage are we thinking? What, what are you trying to hit the next day? So for us, we can go there and look at that. If I was at another gym, I don't know if I would be able to do that. If I was at another gym with other coaches that just told me, don't worry about anyone else's lift, only worry about what you're going to hit. And we'll talk about it after the lift. 
that might not work. So that's, that's something else to think about. How are you going to interact with the team? How are you going to interact with the coach? Because that is probably more important than how many times you had me squat this week. Uh, that's that's yeah. something I think will give me more, make me a better weightlifter than that. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, uh, some of the people that are not like Instagram, like uh, message people that they, they never write in the, or in that group, you know, I can tell you, they listened to it. You know, they, they read it because then they're like, oh, what did they hit? They hit like 80%. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll let's try that out, you know. Um, so, you know, they're, they're listening. Even if people aren't uh, always contributing into the, uh, the conversation, you know, those conversations, people see it. Um, you know, I think that's a, I think that's a super valuable uh, point to bring there. Um, kind of, so as a coach, sometimes, um, you know, you, if you get to uh, you get too far away from something, it becomes a little bit of, a little bit foreign to you. So, like um, you know, if you're a coach and you get too sucked into you know the technical side of like sets and reps, let's say, and uh, then you start losing a little bit of sight of you know some of the more basic stuff. Um, so I, you know, what, I'll say that I'll, uh, I won't say any names of who this was, but it's a story that I heard, and it's somebody that was a uh, college professor and they did a lot of research and stuff about you know the sets and reps about how to get strong and uh you know their research was solid you know they did a lot of great stuff and then they uh they actually went into like the practical side of like coaching weightlifting and they just didn't they couldn't do it um but then other people that took the same concepts of that research and they were able to apply it because just because they were a little bit closer to you know the you know, the emotional or the applicable side of things. And it, uh, it really makes a big difference. But, you know, for a coach, what, uh, one of the interesting things that I've, uh, started noticing personally is I started doing, uh, um, I started doing jujitsu and I'm kind of a new person there and I'm, you know, purpose, purposefully like not getting into any coaching role or anything like that. And it's interesting to observe coaching, uh, cause it almost puts me back into the, uh, you know, the athlete standpoint. And I'm like, all right, I, uh, I'm not following this. And it just kind of gives you a good reminder of, uh, you know, not to get sucked down too far in one thing. Um, so like for, in, for example, in the gym, um, it's really easy to just like assume that someone knows like the names of things. Um, and then as, as far as like weightlifting, you know, it's a little bit hard, you know, our new coaching app kind of is good because it just shows you a video of the exercise, but you know, somebody, somebody new, they don't know, they don't understand all the names. Like, you know, even like people that have been around like old high school football coaches, they don't know the difference between a power clean and a hang clean. You know, it's, they're all pretty much the same interchangeable, you know, to them. Um, so like knowing the names and just going back to like demonstrating, even if somebody thinks they know it and just kind of you know, covering the basics sometimes even goes really kind of a far way. Um, so it's kind of interesting to, to get back into a different perspective and get back to a beginner's perspective. You know, if you're kind of suck, sucked into one thing, you know, change your, um, change your position and you'll kind of get a better outlook on uh, kind of the whole, the whole picture. So for example, um, one thing that I do like to do as a coach is, um, you know, is having like, people use a bar together 
and you know they might both be in the same position like they're both beginners but i'll have them be like all right now just watch them and you know maybe if they're doing something that you see try to coach them through it and so just by them just explaining to somebody else you know the other person might not be getting anything out of it because you know they don't really know how to coach but the person explaining starts to understand the lifts at a new level because now they're looking and they're analyzing you know they've changed their role from you know student to teacher and then they get a much better, you know, view of that whole situation. Um, and so that's an interesting concept to, uh, you can apply in both ways. You know, the coach going back to the student thing, just to stay a little bit closer to what it's like to be a student. Yeah, I was going to say the Army uses that a lot, believe it or not. I feel like that's one of the most valuable tools when you're learning something, is learning how to teach it to someone else. Because that, that shows that you fully digested what you were supposed to, and you actually learned how to apply it yourself. So I like that you mentioned that. That's that's pretty strong when it comes to learning something new. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that, uh, you know, something simple, just little little concepts like that kind of go a long way as far as, uh, as, far as coaching. Um, yeah, so, that, I mean, that's kind of where I'm thinking about in coaching. So now we're getting into, uh, go getting into the Arnold, and we're about to be doing a lot of um, in-person competition coaching. So that's going to be fun. That's the fun Yeah, part. so I got a question for you, Coach James. How do you approach the competition after you weigh in? Um, from what perspective? As an athlete. As an athlete, okay. So I'm an athlete, I weigh in. Um, first priority is, well, if I didn't do this already, you know, eat food. Um. So then I, uh, then I eat food, you know, get recovered, have Pedialyte or whatever, if I was cutting weight, um, or, uh, you know, just kind of the basics things there. And then what I like to do is I like to, uh, go find a spot and just kind of sit down for a while. And, uh, I actually like to visualize the whole competition, um, the whole warm up and everything. Uh, so I, I skip around. Um, so what I'll do is I'll start with you know, I'll visualize my just general warm up, and I'll kind of go through that pretty quick. Um, but then I'll uh, then I'll visualize taking the bar, and then I'll visualize you know what it uh, what I like to do is I like to visualize um, myself being like seen out of my own eyes. There's different ways that you can do it. You know, some people like to visualize. Um, you know, watching themselves like the coach would be watching them or, you know, visualizing themselves as being a superhero. Um, me personally, I always visualized it just being myself looking out of my own eyes, kind of going through each, uh, each lift, each of my warm up lifts, because I would remember it. You know, I knew my warm up and I knew what color plates that I would load up, uh, on the bar to get to that warm up, And then I would go through all of snatch uh, and then I would go out and, uh, I'd visualize myself walking up there and taking my first attempt. And then I would be, you know, as specific as possible as, you know, um, you know, what the weights were on there, the colors, you know, the, you know, the coldness of the arms, cause you just took your jacket off, um, and just kind of get it in as specific as possible and then visualize yourself making successful first attempt. Um, and then through this whole exercise, you only visualize success. Uh, and then if you feel yourself like visualization, sometimes this happens where you'll like, you'll visualize and you'll actually like start to fail. You got to like, you know, like cheat, you know, in your mind, you got to be like, all right, pause. And then like figure out a way 
to make yourself have some sort of crazy recovery in like super slow motion, because when you're visualizing, you have the power to do that stuff. So you only visualize success. You know, you do things that will only, uh, you know, improve, uh, improve your performance. Cause some people, you know, that's uh, they'll get stuck with that is that they'll visualize a failure. Uh, and they can't get out of that thread of like, you know, visualizing failure because then they're just like, Oh my gosh, I failed it in my own mind. What am I going to do on the competition stage? Um, you know, just cheat in your mind, you know, just cheat, you know, pause, pause it or make yourself have some crazy, uh, superpower so that you, uh, you make it and you get success. Um, so that's what I would do if I would, uh, I would visualize the whole competition. And, uh, usually by about that time, we'd have to start walking back there and then, you know, getting ready, putting shoes on and all that stuff. So it, uh, it pretty much takes up that whole, um, that whole time. Uh, do you ever add in, cause I do something similar to that. I, I do view it from my perspective. I do start thinking about my warmups from the MD bar to 50 to 70, but I also start thinking about my past training, like the, the last couple months, sometimes stuff from a couple of years ago, I start thinking about the good days where, this is how a 117 snatch felt that day. And then I think about the heavy days where 102 felt really heavy and I made it anyway. So I start thinking about both of those. I think about the competition and how I want my warm up to feel. And then I start thinking about the heavy days, knowing that I was still successful in days where the bar felt heavy and slow. Then thinking about the days where everything felt light and I could fling anything that's how today should go too. But so I, I guess I'm kind of now, now saying that I guess I'm hedging my bets knowing no matter how it feels, I should still be good. Yeah. I try to get in the mindset of, I do this every single day. So it's just like practice. Let's go and hit it. Yeah. Just like that constant reinforcement. Yeah. That's good. You know? Yeah. I don't know if the, the right word would be like pumping yourself up, but I mean, that's pretty much what it is, you know? pumping yourself up with uh, with positive reinforcement, uh, just getting yourself into the right mindset that you know works for you from past experience. Yeah, I'm going to try something else that's pretty new too because I got it from that book I was telling you guys about last time, The uh, Mindful Athlete. He was basically suggesting for like elite-level athletes, like high-performing athletes, go into the midst of the chaos. So like maybe going into the warm-up room a little bit earlier before your session, seeing everyone slamming weights, you know, getting jacked up, getting ready to go take their first attempt or the third attempt maybe. And um, you just get in there and you sit there and you get quiet and you just focus on your breathing, but observe everything else around the atmosphere and just kind of get dialed in that way. Hmm. I don't, I guess I haven't intentionally tried that. Um, Thinking about finals, I was back there. There was a lifter from West Virginia that was lifting in the session before me. So I was back there and the whatever session was below us was snatching right next to her platform. So I look over and I see all of them hitting about our same warmups and my heart rate went through the roof. And I I couldn't calm down because now I was just ready to go. And I'm, that's why you I'm gotta helping focus on your breathing. And I just that's when I came out, laid with you guys and took a took an energy drink. Mm. Oh yeah. To calm yourself down. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I so, laid on the I floor, mean, played some calm music and took a bang. Yeah. That's, right. that's the key word though. Is, uh, well, the key phrase is focus on your breathing. That's like, that's what calms you down. It helps you rationalize everything to where 
you're comfortable in that environment and nothing's going to throw you off your game. Yeah, I like that, you know, kind of just getting in the moment. I mean, that's part of what uh, makes competition fun is the atmosphere of people. You know, there's just a, a, a separate level of tension in the air. You know, people are competing, you know, that, uh, you know, if you walk into a gym and you can like you can feel the atmosphere of a gym, especially when people are like competing against each other, you know, when they're trying to make it so that, uh, you know, you know, Tyree didn't have any misses. So, you know, I'm not going to miss today. Like when there's that type of mentality going on in a training session, you can feel it when you walk into the gym and that's, uh, it's like that, but like twice as much when you walk into a competition stage, you know, that's, you know, everybody's competing. They're going out there to, uh, you know, lift max weights. Um, and then just getting in there and embracing it and using that to kind of help you out in the, in the competition, I think is useful. Um, unless you, uh, unless you've got the athlete, uh, where that happens and then they get super nervous and then, uh, then it's about like blocking that out. And that kind of comes into, uh, you know, communicating with your coach and, you know, figuring out, um, what works best for you and, uh, or even finding the right coach that fits your personality. Um, cause I will say, you know, it's, a like, you'll have one coach that's a, uh, like a hype coach and like, that's their specialty. I think a coach should be able to, um, you know, be able to adapt and kind of fulfill as many roles as possible for the athletes. But then again, you know, there's some, uh, there's some coaches that just attract the certain type of athletes and that's kind of their specialty, you know, that, uh, they get specialized in on, uh, on that type of, you know, athlete. And that's what you see in like, um, you see that sometimes I would say like, um, Who's a? All right, so I think I finally figured out what that is, Tyree. I think it's coming from yours, isn't? And I keep thinking it's a motorcycle, and I think it's like, man, there's a motorcycle out there. But I guess it's your computer fan. Oh yeah, I'm sitting right yeah, next. To it. I yeah, like, I'm like, man, you must be like right next to a racetrack, and I'm just yeah, like, no, I was sitting right next I'm to the computer. computer. Thinking about like <laughs> some people like racing motorcycles outside your window, you know, we're, uh, we're doing this on a, uh, on remote, but, uh, I was just like, Oh man, what is that? What are you guys but, doing uh, out there in Virginia? Yeah, I, <laughs> I was about to ask you, you know, take your camera over there and let's see what those guys are doing, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I got all distracted, but, uh, yeah. Thinking, so it's, uh, finding the right that? coach. Thinking about that, knowing me and George, you've had us in the same session before. Our numbers were within three kilos of each other and everything. What difference, how do you coach us different? What differences do you make? So I think that worked out real well between you two. Because um, George definitely is a little bit more of, um, I, I would say, internal. And you're a little bit more external. So uh, you'll be you know, you, you'll do your lift and you'll be like, uh, singing your song and then you'll sing out something that's kind of like, um, I don't know. It's just like letting the competition know they're like, Hey, I'm here to beat you. I don't even know what kind of song it would be, but it's just that type of thing. There'll be like the lyric will be like, Oh, I'm going to beat all you guys. And then like, nobody will know what song you're listening to, but then you'll <laughs> sing that line. And then, and then, uh, what happens is, you know, George isn't doing that. But then I think George feeds off of that and he's like, yeah, 
I'm going to go after it, you know? Uh, so it, it kind of works out real well. You guys, uh, pair well together in a, um, in a competition. So, you know, that one's a pretty easy one. Um, the, uh, the things where it would get hard would be, you know, if you got two athletes that are completely like, let's say somebody was just completely embarrassed that you were singing. That would be a little bit harder. Cause then I would be like, all right, you just need to go on a different platform. Um, and you know, hopefully I would have, uh, some help with coaching cause then we would just, you know, split the platforms up. Um, and you, you know, that happened one time, uh, I think it was at, uh, it's the Olympic trials. It was Travis and I, and, uh, they, uh, I think they, they ended up splitting us up into different platforms cause that's just what we needed at that competition. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. And it's, you know, kind of knowing the, uh, knowing the situation and kind of reading the room and just, uh, you know, figuring out what works. Um, but, uh, yeah, you, y'all's, uh, combination worked out pretty well. Um, cause it was just kind of back and forth, kind of feeding on each other, which I think that works out well. Yeah, I was going to say the energy was pretty good because um, I remember when we went to AO2, we shared a platform with, I think it was Standard Strength. I think that was the name of the gym from California. And their athlete was pretty quiet too. So we were both pretty quiet and we were just kind of warming up and it was like, okay, he hit one, I'll hit one, and he'll hit one, I'll hit <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah. And then next thing you know, I get to like my high percentage in the warm up, and I just miss it. Yeah, and, and you're like, just like relaxed. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, I missed it. And then I went again, I was like, we went down, I hit it, and then we went back up, and I hit that weight that I missed, and I was like, oh, that was wonky, uh-oh. And at that yeah. point, I felt like James is probably like, oh, shit, what's going on right now? Like, what's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I just went back to focus on my breathing, like I was talking about, and I was like, okay, you need to relax, calm down, everything's all right. And then I went out on the stage, got in the zone, and smoked it. But it was pretty funny just seeing how warming up with someone who's a little bit more active versus someone who's a little bit more laid back can really change that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really like, it's finding your zone of optimal performance. Um, and then using just more competition experience. So using that experience, I was actually talking to, uh, to Marson about this. And then like, he asked me like what he should focus on, like what he should expect at this first national competition. And pretty much I was just like, you've done local competitions you know, think of it as the same exact thing and try not to be surprised by anything. Just use it as an opportunity for you to see what's different and just make observations. Don't let a lot of things affect you. Just be like, oh, I noticed that this convention center is, you know, I don't know, something random. And I, uh, I even told him, I said, I don't really even want to tell you what to expect because I don't want you to have to like focus on that. You know, just use this first first time at a national competition to make observations, to see what you need to do to make it better for the next time. Um, because if you just start trying to like go down this rabbit hole of trying to be prepared for everything on your first one, when you have no idea what to expect, I think it'll be just a little bit overwhelming. Um, but exactly like that. So you went and you warmed up with somebody that was pretty quiet and you're like, all right, you know, we see the difference between these two situations. When I do a competition, if I'm paired with somebody that's like relaxed and quiet, maybe I need to like imagine they're talking shit to me or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> just to like bring that level up a little bit. Um, or if, you know, if Tyree's in a competition and everyone is super friendly to him and he has no, uh, <laughs> no antagonist and, uh, 
And it's just like, all right, now we got to like, we got to make a, uh, make an antagonist, uh, for him. Um, and, uh, you know, that antagonist might be like somebody that I made up and be like, oh yeah. you know, George hit that warm up last time he was in this competition. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. so, uh, you know, just stuff like that, you know, be prepared and figure out, uh, figure out what works for you and, um, just observe when you go to competitions. Yeah. I was going to say, Coaching I like Amanda. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna Co- say, coaching I like Amanda. You, uh, oh wait, <laughs> you said go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. I did. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you hang up. No, 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 you hang up. <laughs> no, I was gonna say I like the way that you phrase that because if you go into the competition not really thinking about what to focus on and you just kind of stay calm and relaxed, it will allow you to respond instead of react. Because like if you go in with expectations and it doesn't go that way, you're gonna be in a reactive state. You're gonna feel like, oh, I'm on my toes now. I have to react to everything. But if you just go in level headed, it allows you to like, okay. I can respond to this now because I wasn't expecting this in the first place or it didn't throw off my routine or mess up my schedule in any type of way. So nice. Yeah. All right, Tyree. I'm just thinking about what you just said about comp day and how people in the warm up room are coaching. Amanda's very interesting because she is, she views everything so much different than me. But I do think if she tried to view it like me, it would be a terrible idea and it would not work. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to let her stay on hers where I'm in the warm up room. And, oh, that guy saw me walking to get chalk and he wanted to get chalk before me. All right, cool. That was disrespectful. <laughs> but for Amanda, she's like, oh, we're all here lifting weights together. Let's let's all do well. Oh, she'll smile at them. No, I'm not. He's in my session and he thought he was going to beat me. That's disrespectful. And I, I don't think her thought process, my thought process would work for her at all. I, and I, I just remember that every time I see her, she's going to smile in a warm up room at somebody. I'm just going to be like, oh man, that's different. All right. Mm-hmm. Not that it's wrong. I mean, it's perfectly fine. That girl didn't do anything to her, but it's just something I would never do. <laughs> Unless you're on my team, I'm just not doing it. <laughs> yeah. And I think, uh, you know, I think that's all right. I think that uh, knowing that about yourself is what is important because you know, in the end of the day, you know, you want to do good at the competition, you know, you want to win, you know, whether you're smiling at people or like, you know, angry at them, you know, um, you know, what, what gets you into the right zone to win? Mm-hmm. Um, nice. Yeah, man. I think, uh, I think that was a lot of good information. Um, so, uh, at the Arnold this weekend, uh, we had quite a few people that were going to go to the Arnold, um, and just for various reasons, this or that, uh, we are down to two athletes. Uh, we've got Trung on uh, on Thursday morning, and then we've got uh, Marson on um, Sunday morning. Yep. So we uh, we've got those two. Um, and so that'll be fun for those two guys to compete. And then uh, Tyree, I know you guys are taking that West Virginia team. Um, yep. What, uh, what would you say, like 14 people? Yeah, we have uh, one on Thursday. I think it was seven on Friday. We have one on Sunday and the rest are on Saturday. So, I mean, we're we're going to be there all day. It's going to be because they're all spread out in weight classes too. So it'll be fun. We'll be there all day, but it'll be, it'll be nice. And this is their first, most of their first bigger comp. So that'll be cool. Even with the thing, uh, the email the other day about picking up your credentials. I think there were three of them that were asking, like, what What do you mean, pick up my credentials? And that's when I, mm-hmm. yeah, this is this is their first. This is first meet. Yeah. yeah. So, so that'll be cool. 
how does the selection process go for what for the weightlifting team at your university? Because I had a couple people ask um, me about like university weightlifting teams. Mm-hmm. And honestly, um, so, I don't know about it. Uh, I know certain schools are different. I I don't know how Lindenwood is now. I know um, ETSU. You have to you can you have to try out for the team. Here, if you're a student at West Virginia, if you're a student at West Virginia, message us. It's it's an open club. We let everybody. It's there's no requirement to get into the club. As long as you're down to work out, lift heavy, come join us. And it's I know it is different school to school. I can think of a few that have actual tryouts, but uh, West Virginia is not one of them. Yeah, I feel like if you get a freshman that just walks in the door, the amount of progress that they could make by the time they're senior could be ridiculous. Right. Because that's like that's the age of when weightlifters, you know, get really good. Um, yeah, so that's pretty cool. All right. Uh, George, you got anybody, uh, you know, you don't have anybody going to the Arnold this year. Um, so that, uh, I think that kind of wraps us up we'll do a kind of a recap of how the Arnold went next week and, uh, and, uh, and then we'll go from there. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, check us out at, uh, house of weightlifting on Instagram and, uh, www.houseofweightlifting.com. Uh, I feel kind of old saying www. I don't know if people still say that. Um, but you know, check out the website. Um, we've got, uh, all of our YouTube videos and, uh, you know, podcast episodes up there in the blog. If you, uh, want a central place to find them and, um, nice where can uh, where can people find you guys? Go ahead, George. <laughs> Again, uh, George 81 KG on uh, Instagram or at House of Weightlifting on Instagram. And I am uh, Tyree underscore Thor. And also look at the WV Weightlifting Instagram page. Those are the two. Nice. All right. Thanks for listening, guys.